Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Rug Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Rug Up Buttercup. Welcome back to Rug Up Buttercup. I know you guys probably missed us this month. We didn't have an episode that came up on the normal streaming for you because we went live on Instagram. So if you guys missed that, you need to go back and watch the replay. We talked about Murphy's Law and then just a little bit more about Deployed Love because a lot of you may not know that that's part of the organization we are part of. So we're finishing up March with a different topic. We decided instead of just continuing to complain about Murphy's Law to bring a guest on with us. That's right. So at Rucka Buttercup, we usually gear our conversations more towards the spouse because, well, we're all spouses. But Deployed Love, we are connecting all hearts, not just those from spouse to spouse. So we had a lot of mamas, military mamas, reach out over the years asking for tips and support. And we thought, what better way than to do a podcast all about that. So I'm really excited to introduce our host. Um, she is so witty. She had me laughing when I was reading her Q&A that we sent to her. And I really can't wait to see what she has to share with you all. So welcome to the podcast, Sherry. Thank you guys so very much. I'm honored to be here and I'm super excited to be invited on, but I just can't wait to just share like a mama's heart with the wife's heart and to see how we can just work together to be a super great support system for our military guys and girls. Yeah. So before we kind of get started talking and seeing how just the three of us can make that happen, um, would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. So I am from a little town in Michigan, a little rural town, and my husband and I have owned a plumbing business for 21 years. So we're plumbers by trade. Um, I am also a, a licensed pastor and in the state of Michigan, and we have a nonprofit called Forward that fights human trafficking here. But I am a mom of two boys in the military. They're both now married. And my most exciting newest role is that we're about to have our, our army kids are about to have our very first grandbaby. So, so exciting. Any minute. Yeah. I'm so excited about that. That's really exciting. So when your boys, so we're going to dive into our first topic. So when your boys um, first joined the armed forces, did you have any experience with the military, any military background? It's funny, but the only military experience that I had was bad. It was, it was bad. So my dad is a Vietnam vet and I grew up just watching the effects of combat and how, what they called in his generation was uh, shell shocked. Right. But now on this side of life, I realize it was probably far more PTSD than just being shell shocked and how he had just to um, fight through that and find healing in that. So I watched that part of it. But also when I was in high school, we went through Desert Storm and I got to watch as the men in dress blues, you know, came through the school and came to our teacher and had to tell her that her son had just died overseas. And so everything I knew about the military was super scary. It was war. It was um, terrifying. But I also had this great love of country, this great patriotism. I loved our troops. I supported them any way I knew I could. I just never dreamed that it would be me that would be sending my kids off to something where they could actually be coming back in a flag drape box, right? So I didn't know the ins and outs of military. I didn't know that it could be great, you know, as far as careers and all that kind of stuff. I just knew it was terrifying and um, this is a stereotype of that. So that was my military experience when my boys came and said, Hey, we want to join the military. Yeah. I think a lot of military, a lot of families, especially who don't have a connection with the military or their connections, very limited. The first thing they think of when my, your, your child tells you that they want to join the military is it's instantly like that infantry, that like ranger, that special forces unit type thing, because that's what we see in the movies. And I I I mean, that's what my husband is. So like, and that's what my parents were. I grew up military too. And so like, that's, that's what I knew. But then like, you look at it and there's, there is so many different types of careers. Like, you know, you could be a musician, you can be a cook, you could be, you can do computers and there's so many different things. So there's some, there's some jobs where you may not even ever deploy. So, um, a lot of people automatically go from like zero to, 
oh my God, like really quickly. Yes, yes, and I've yes. had this conversation with so many parents. Um, I mean, of course, a lot of the parents I've talked with are parents who have their sons in the infantry unit, just because those are the ones that I've connected with through my husband's units. But I always have to tell them like, this is all they do. They train all day long to do their job really well. So like, you have to trust that they're using those skills and, but it can be really scary. Like terrifying, not knowing, not knowing what, what's going to happen or like the ins and outs, like, you know, like can't talk to them. Why can't I talk to my kid? Like he's my kid. I should talk to my kid. Um, I feel like a lot of parents (laughs) struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. And part of it, um, is, my boys are now married. And what I told my boys is that if you, you know, are deployed, you get one phone call home that goes to your wife. Like you need to call her and then she'll get to me. And having to reconcile that as being, I can't talk to my kid. If he's talking to somebody, then I'm happy. You know, like yeah. you have to just realize that they're doing the best. I just they have can to say that's such are. a good mama thing for you to do. Cause I have, I've, I have dealt with mamas who did not like that. They're like, I'm your mom. You're calling me. I don't care if you're married. I don't care if you have like, so, um, and I think that's really important for moms to kind of relinquish being like, Hey, you're married now. Like she is your, she is your first contact point. Um, and that's why it's important for mamas and, and daughter-in-laws or son-in-laws to be, have a good relationship when you're part of the military family. Yeah, especially if they are deployed um, and to have that family surrounding you is super important. And yeah, to maintain that relationship is is super powerful because, um, yeah, like I said, we just relinquishing that to the wife and to count on her to just say, hey, even if it's a text, I just talked to him. He's alive. He's good. I'm good. Like, I'm good then. I just know that he's okay. So, yeah, it's super important that we keep our relationship strong. Yeah. And taking a step back, did your kids ever talk about being a soldier or did it all of a sudden was just like an out of school, like <laughs> thrown at you kind of thing? I wish you guys could see Sherry's face right now. <laughs> no. So my oldest son, um, he was, um, he's super brilliant. He's very smart. He went off to college for a year um, and had like scholarships and was ready to go. And he came home um, over spring break, which would have been March and sat us down and said, I want to join the Navy. And if a UFO would have landed on my front lawn, I would have been less surprised than that. No, that's totally out of left field. So there was no preparing for that. There was just a, yeah, no, you're not going into the Navy. But I knew that if he had that on his heart and would sit us down and say that, that it was worth us, you know, letting him talk that out. So yeah, neither one of them. Now, my youngest son had always talked about being in the army since he was little, but you kind of just think, you know, yeah, it's just a boy thing. Like, Oh, I'm just going to be like a soldier. Yeah. Yeah. But they both went to college for a year, you know, and then decided I, there's really this thing that pushed them and launched them into military. So that's interesting. Yeah. Right. Because it's, it's something as parents, you have to say, okay, we have to surrender our dreams for them and let them step into who they're going to be. So because we own a plumbing business, it was going to be super smart. They're going to be plumbers, right? They're going to come back and run the business. Um, but we decided that, you know what, we have to let our dreams for them go because they have to be able to dream their own dreams. And we have to be able to be the parents that support those dreams and not dream killers. Um, and so out of that, we got two military kids. So how long, how long have both of them served? Like, I know one's already out. Yep. So my oldest son, he served four years and he was deployed, uh, not deployed, but he was stationed in Japan um, for that whole four years. And then my youngest son, he's been in since 2015. Okay. So, and he's, he's still active duty and he's in Pensacola at the, at the moment. Eglin, I guess, is the Air Force base that he's at. Yeah, I find it interesting that they they went to college and kind of realized after they started trying a career that that wasn't for them. And that was there something like did they meet people at college that were joining or just kind of still kind of out of the blue or did they really ever tell you? No, they my oldest son, Adam, he I don't really know what would have triggered him, except I know that he was kind of struggling trying to find his career. And I think he thought that this might be a great opportunity just to go see the world and just to have some experience. And I think he, 
it can only be by God's hand that he would have went that way is how I feel because it wouldn't be something he'd probably dream of on his own. I think my youngest son from him always wanted to be a soldier. There was something in there, you know, that, so he was like, I have to fulfill this thing to be a soldier. So. So what was one of the, like, once they went to basic training, what was like one of the toughest things that you felt that you didn't know? Like, was there something that you wish someone had told you when they went to basic training or when they first went to their first duty station, or was it just kind of like both feet jump in and just keep treading type of situation for you? So I had no clue what military was. I had no idea what it was going to look like. I had no idea. I had just had, didn't have a clue. And so what I found was I was completely lost and I didn't know how to be that mom for them. I didn't know how to be, because when they went in, they didn't, they weren't married. So I didn't really have, you know, the wives to kind of, to guide me like I have now, like I have military wives that are like, this is what this all means. This is what this is going to look like. And so it was just me and my husband, we were green as could be. And what I found is like in the circle of people that I have, and I've heard you ladies talk about this too, like all the civilian people I have in my life had no clue either. And what they were offering me was the best they could do to empathize, the best they could do to support me, the best that they had to love me through it. But it was just really making me mad because it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't support that I needed. And I just really felt lost in how do I first surrender your kids, right? You got to let them go completely. There's no cell phone contact when they go off to basic. There's, I mean, nothing. And then you get these letters home and it's like, oh my gosh, these poor kids. Like, who do I call to save my children, right? I I really want to read a letter from a, from a son to a mom because I know that they're going to be so different from like what my spouse wrote to me. So like, like, I want to know, like, are they being like, strong and like, I'm doing good mom or like, I really miss home. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was very raw. But then after they would say all this raw, terrible stuff at the end, don't worry, mom, I love you. Like, (laughs) but you already said all this stuff, you know, but there was really hard times when they were really, because you're not allowed to talk to anybody anytime, you know, you're not allowed to have an opinion. You're told what to wear, when to wear it, you know, and how to do this. You have, you can't be angry. You have to hide your emotion. You, I mean, you are just taken they take these kids who you've shaped into beautiful people and then they strip them down to nothing and then rebuild them up into soldiers or sailors or Marines or, you know, they have to be rebuilt. And so in that rebuilding, it is raw. It is hard. It is, but I just have to keep, you know, being the, yeah, you got this, you know, and be the encouraging mom. And in the background, I'm just weeping like, God, you've got to get them through this. Like they have got to come out the other side and you've got to give me the strength to do this. And I had no resources to figure out how to be that mom for them. So that was the hardest part because I didn't have anybody who had a kid in the military, let alone two kids in the military. And how do I possibly, you know, navigate through this? Yeah, I definitely think there's a lack of support for parents. You have, you know, you can find Facebook. I mean, thank thank goodness for social media nowadays. Like nowadays, it's a lot easier to connect with other like-minded people going through the same things. But, you know, 10 years ago, that really wasn't the same, same thing. So I couldn't imagine those mamas from about 10 years ago, going through that and having to wait for those letters and having to kind of wait for the word of mouth of like how things go from their kids. Cause we know our kids don't always tell us what they're doing or how it's supposed to be. What they do share is going to be like the wave tops, right? Just the very, so, you know, if they're sharing this and it's that awful, it's got to be far worse than that because they don't tell you just how bad it is. Yeah, I think, and one of my biggest, like, so like I I mentioned, I'm an FRG leader too. So I I connect and that's one of the organizations that, that parents can connect with at least to ask questions in regards to their child's current unit. But the amount of times that I had to like sit down with parents and explain how things happen how to prepare them for like how a deployment's going to happen, how, how they're going to hear about communication, what communication may or may not look like, how homecoming would look like. And I'm sitting there going like, boy, I'm going to lay this out on every single one of those boys when they get home about how they did not prepare their parents <laughs> when they come yeah. back. Because I'm just like, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of parents are really clueless about how 
the protocols are like, what I can and can't say, what their soldiers can and cannot say, you know, why haven't I heard from my son in like four days? Like he's dead. Like, and, and that's, and unfortunately that's like the thing that clicks in all their heads is I haven't heard from them. So like drilling into like parents' heads, even spouses' heads, like they're the same. It's like no news, good news. No news is good news. Like just, if you haven't heard from them, they are okay. But yeah, it's one of those, like, I've had parents who like hallucinated. They were, they for sure thought that their, their son was dead. And I've had some amazing parents who have been like, always like backing me up when I say like, unfortunately I can't say anything yet and things like that, um, which I hate doing. I feel like soldiers don't always tell their parents the ins and outs, whereas like spouses they tell and I think it's more because spouses are more like in their face like tell me how this is going to happen like how is xyz connect the dots here and there my husband gets mad at me all the time I've been in I've been in the military my entire life and sometimes I'm just like okay explain this to me again he goes Ashley I have told you (laughs) how this works like a thousand times I'm like I get it but you know the army likes to change things up every so often so like let's just go over it again right Right. And for me, it was like, I had two different branches and they don't do anything the same. Nope. They do not. <laughs> Which blew my, like, why can't you all just do it no. the same? You know, it would be far They call things differently. Me. Yeah. They call things differently. They, everything is different. It's, yeah. 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 So my youngest son, who's still in the army, he's gotten far better at like laying it out. Like this is what deployment's going to look like. And this is you can't give timelines, right? Cause it's military. You have no idea. You know, you could be, you know, we're not leaving for six months and all of a sudden he gets a phone call and he's leaving tomorrow. So all of that's up in the air, but at least he's getting far better about this is, this is the parameter. Like this is the box of what it's going to look like. And then um, now his wife is, is good about like filling in the gaps or, you know, the things that he's missed because she spends more time with him and she's asked more questions, like you said, and she's able to get more information out of it but they're getting better. I will say that. But I think in the beginning, they just didn't like, what do you want to know? Like they didn't in their heads, they like, what do you want to know about this? And so I'd ask a hundred questions, which would just frustrate them. Right. Because sometimes they don't have answers. They really don't know themselves where I want to know as a mom, you know, it was always growing up, who are you going with? What time are you going to be back? Like there was da, 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 da. And they really had no answers for me that way. So to be able to have it open-ended and say, this is the best I can get as a parent, that's probably all they know. That's the best and then, information. And that is get. all they know, unfortunately, especially like yes. if they're like lower enlisted, like if they're just like an E three, four, uh, two, they probably don't know anything. They probably know, like, I think we're leaving. Like if they say, I think we're leaving, like that's probably a safe assumption that that's all they know. Right. Um, right. True. They just yes. do as they're told. <laughs> Yeah. So to, to just be okay with that, being okay with not knowing hundred percent because they don't know. And you have to just trust that you'll get the information as they get it, you know, and that's the best they got. So as a military mama, I know my mom is one now and my, well, both my parents, obviously my brother joined the air force, uh, like five years ago. And okay. I think the coolest thing to hear from them though, is that we don't get this from the military spouse side because we dated the guys, but the pride and the change that they go through from your baby to these men that like, when you come out of basic training, they are, they're men, like they come out completely different. Uh, how, like, what was that experience from, I just want to hear from the mom side of that. Yeah. So the part that I talked about earlier about how they, they break you down and rebuild you really the first time that we got to actually see them become something is when you get to see them in their element, like whatever they've been trained in, when you get to actually see them in that element, you're like, holy cow, like you are, you know, the, the, the weight that you carry or um, because if they're over other, other people, or if they have, you know, like units they're part of and just the, wow, like you are, and my kids are super, like they're humble in a way, like they didn't tell me a lot about it. So to be able to go and look where they work or, you know, to go to the bases or, you know, that kind of stuff, it's like, holy smokes, like, this is a big deal. You're kind of a big deal. Like this is the military that you're in and you have this the swelling and this pride of it. But I remember getting ready just to go see them after they graduated. And oh my gosh, just to see them all in their uniforms and to how they've been transformed into men. It's like, who are these children? And you just no, where's this, my baby? Yeah. Yes. And your heart will just burst because there's so much pride in it. Like they are doing something bigger than themselves. 
and they are, you know, laying down their life for something bigger than themselves and just the, the pride that they have in stepping into that position. But as parents, like we are so proud of our kids for, you know, taking on something that's, that for, for us is terrifying, but my goodness, like you're yeah. cool. Like you guys are cool kids. Like grew that's, up to be pretty powerful men. So that's it's how really my funny. dad responded to you. He's like, I swear he grew two feet when he got, like when we picked him up from basic training, because he just yes. held, he himself, just held differently. himself taller. Yeah. Yes. Acted differently. Yeah. Well, they've, been, they've been through it, you know, and they came out the other side and holy smokes, like they are, they have to be proud of themselves too. I mean, really, well, I mean, basic training and any of those special courses that they're going to take before they join their, their first unit. So like airborne school or whatever school they do are really intense courses. Like you know, not everyone makes it through. So like you have to, like for those who are listening, who have not experienced that basic training portion of their soldier's career, I mean, it breaks them. Like we've said, like it breaks them down. Um, they, they, they tell them all these different things. Like, you know, if they have a girlfriend, they're going to tell them like, you know, your girlfriend's not there waiting for you anymore. She don't care. She's sleeping around, whatever it may be. Like they're there to break them down to their core so that they can build them up to be these amazing men and women who are who are there to protect the world in essence I mean we are the world police type of thing so you know they have to break them in order for them to get them in that headspace and military service members are some of the best people most compassionate most caring people that you'll meet and that's because they're laying their life down they're serving their country for a better cause yeah and it raises them up like the whole training part of it like when you go to boot camp or basic training or you know whatever they want to call it it's the resilience that comes out of it and I didn't know how bad it was and I try not when I run into moms that their kids are going in I try not to tell them because coming out of it like my kids would say you never believe what they do to us and they would tell me things and I never want this in the mom's heads but it's brutal some of the stuff these kids go through just to build in them like the soldier the marine the you know like you are going to be a war machine and you're resilient to stupidity, you know, like you're going to, this is going to build you into something much bigger than you ever dreamed, but going through it, it's like going through the crucible, like it's going through hell to get there. And they do, they come out stronger on the other side and you see them. They, even my son, who's now out of the military, like he's out of the Navy, he still carries, you know, the, the footprint or the imprint of military in him as everyday life. Yeah, they'll always yeah. have that. And I think that's yeah. also like really important. Like even like, you know, we have a lot of families who, who parents, who, you know, majority of the kids like who join the military, a lot of times they join it because that's really their only option. Like they don't have money to go to college, but they want to go to college. So a lot of yeah. people yeah. sign up to, a lot of kids sign up to go into the services so that they have that opportunity to be able to chase those dreams that they have. So they're, you know, only doing four years. And again, like I always tell families, like there's so many careers that they can choose from. So they'll instantly jump to the conclusion that they're going to pick an infantry unit or a unit that's, you know, going to be in the nit and gritty of it all. If something happens, I think it's really important because you can tell the difference between kids that have done a couple years of service to those who don't there's a very big difference of how they hold themselves, how they perform their jobs, how they treat other people. Like you can, I can always tell like, oh, you have your prior service. Like (laughs) either it's the way that they talk or it's the way that they hold themselves. And I'm like, did you, did you do a couple years? And they'll be like, yeah, like I did such and such. And then I went to school and I got to do this. And, you know, some people only say they're going in for four years and then they stay in career and then some just do those four years. And so I think it's important that parents, like it can be scary, but it's also a life skill that they would not get anywhere else. No, no, at all. No, that would be something that it only comes from the military. That's it. Yeah. You can't get it anywhere else. Like there's a level of respect. There's a level of um, just a different, like I said, my son still carries, you know, a lot of the amazing things that come out of the military with him. And that I think it's, like you said, it's always gonna be part of who he is. And that experience grew him into who he is today. Now, I don't know. My youngest son might make a career out of it. He might stay in. Uh, he really loves what he does. 
but it's and I think that's important. Yes, he it's important. He does. If you like what you do, then like it's easier to stay. And if you don't like what you're doing, and no, can- because if you don't like what you're doing, and you couple that with the yo-yo of military, it's like mm, I mm-hmm. forget it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The politics of the military too. I know that that's a lot of what kicks people out of it because they're like. I don't want all these people breathing down my back, doing my job where (laughs) if I was in the civilian sector, they would just have to respect me a little bit more. I think, especially as a lower enlisted where they're like, I'm doing my job, but I'm still getting punished for everybody else not doing their job. And it just, it's a different atmosphere. So I think a lot of them that isn't for them and that's fine too. Yeah. Because like in the civilian world, you go to your boss and you complain, right? In the military, not so much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of got to. You kind of just gotta like wreck up buttercup. Like this is yes. it, right? Yeah, yeah. This is where you're at. I mean, yep. even especially as a military spouse, it's the same thing. You hear the things that your, your spouse goes through and you're like, well, we should go tell XYZ yes. about that. That shouldn't happen. You're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Do yeah. <laughs> no. Don't, yeah, don't even complain. Who can I call for you? Because like spouses will be at, like, I mean, I'm I'm sure we've had, like me and Sabrina have had these conversations before. Other spouses like talking about like the stupid things that they do oh You're thinking, I remember being like, that lower enlisted spouse and being like why did he keep you there till seven o'clock at night can't we complain to somebody like why was he doing that and I mean we knew then at the time that he was mad at his wife and he didn't want to go home and so to us it was like how is that fair to everybody else why should you have to be at work and oh that's the worst do about it but it's yeah. also like thinking of like they're doing things and they're and you're sitting there as a spouse going like there's a way easier and better way to go about this like why why is it like I'm not even like trained to do this and I can tell you that that is not the right way to like like why okay, isn't this let me help like, you. Always, like, yeah. why are buses scheduled like why did you have to rug back from the um the range like like that's like a 10 mile like hike like why weren't do you guys have transportation and of course like the anti always get is like that shrug like I don't know and, and that just should be the military motto is, I don't know. That's just what we had to I'm do. I'm not in charge. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's rough. Yeah. And listening to it, it's like, this is just nonsense. Let us fix this for you. Like, we can <laughs> right. fix this problem. Yeah. So I want to kind of circle back to the whole being a military spouse versus being a military mom and then being like a mother-in-law and the differences of that. Because I know that that's a huge factor, like Ashley said, with the FRGs, because those spouses do become the point of contact um, if they get married. And then it becomes, you have to have a relationship. And even if you don't get along, you have to figure out a way to have open communication because it's not well, for think, moms, you know, like yeah, to have no access. If you're like a family who's like divorced, like if you are, if you're still just like a mom and a dad for your soldier, but you guys are no longer together. Yeah. Who's the point of contact? Who's that point of contact? Which of course that point of contact, if you're listening and you don't know, it is whoever your soldier puts down your FRD advisor, your point of contact has no control over who they are contacting. It is the soldier's discretion. So if they put like, I mean, they could put a girlfriend down and that's who we have to contact. Um, of course, you know, that depends on the command team too, on whether they'll allow that, but like, we can only contact who that person is on our roster. And so how do you go about making sure that you have a cordial relationship with whoever you are with, if you have a service member in the armed forces? It shifted with us, right? So it, it had been Mike and I, we we would be the first contact. And then when Matthew got married, of course, like I said, it, it needs to be his wife. Like that's how, you know, it's supposed to be. And so with that, they've been super great about like when he, he had to go to special training and like, oh, you guys all need to come down for this. Like they're, they've been super inclusive about letting us be part of as much as we can be. Now, of course there's a baby coming and this can be born on a military base and we can't get on and COVID and blah, 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 but it is what it is. But having the relationship with my daughter-in-law, my daughter-in-love has been, you have to really focus on that relationship because if that goes sour, right? If that goes bad, that is my point of contact to him. That is my, that's how I know that he's okay. That's how, you know, if he's overseas and he does call her, or he's able to text her or whatever. Cause they often don't have communication. Like if you're out somewhere, like you don't have cell phones and you have to wait till they get back to base or whatever. It's super important that you put 
stupid stuff aside because mm-hmm. your your main goal like you both love the same the same man it's it's the same man that you want to support and for me it's not worth him stressing about the women in his life not getting along right i mean that the last thing that he needs to know is that my wife and my mom are going at it like that's the last thing that i want i don't want that worry on their plate so whatever i can do to bring peace to that situation and trust that you know they're doing the same thing that's my role as a mom like i need to know that my the way that i best support him is to best support her whatever that looks like for her and it's different for everyone you know if she didn't have kids you know now she's about to have kids so how do I be a, a good grandma for her? Or how do I step in and help with the kids? Or how do I, how do I, you know, make sure that she's got time to self-care, you know, because deployments are hard and being by yourself is hard and being a single mom is hard. You ladies know that. I don't know what that's like. So I've never had that, but I surely don't want her to have to do that by herself. So just learning it's different than civilian mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. It really is. It it's really is. Yeah. It's um, and I hope those who are listening who don't have a good relationship with their in-laws or with their daughter-in-law or son-in-law, whoever it may be, kind of takes it to heart and thinks about it a little bit because it can be a stressor for your soldier if they know that back home, you guys are not getting along and you want to make sure that everyone is getting the information. So even if it means during that deployment time, you guys set aside your differences and you don't even have to talk to them. Like FRG sent emails, like with information, just simply click the button, forward it. Cause you're more than you're allowed to do that. You just can't post it on social media. Just click that button and forward it to whoever you are, including parents who are no longer, you know, like spouse or, you know, moms who no longer get a, along with the soldiers, other parent, like do the same thing. Just click the forward button, type in an email hit send. That's all you have to do. If that's the bare minimum of what you're doing to at least keep everyone who should be informed informed, then that's the bare minimum of what you can do for your soldier. Like that's what I, I get, I personally get really frustrated when I have parents or spouses who are like, we just can't talk to them. Like they're just unbearable. And we just did it. And I'm like, they're your family. Like no matter where you are in that relationship, whether you're divorced or whether you are like, you just don't like your daughter-in-law for whatever reason, like they're in your life some way or another. And you have to just accept that whether you like it or not. Like, I mean, you don't have to like it, but you need to accept the fact that they're in your life and you need to take those steps of being like, I'm a grown up. And do the things that I need to do to make sure that everyone is completely in the know. Well, like Sherry was saying, you all love the same person. This is all in it for the same reason. You all want to make sure that that person's supported, that they feel loved, that they, we know what's going on with them when they're downrange. You're all in it for the same reason, whether you like each other or not, you still need to be able to have that contact and allow there to be an open window where you can talk about it too. Because even if you don't get along, if something is happening and you need someone to talk to, who is going to understand more than their parents or their spouse? They're not. They're, those are the people that I know them the best. So why not have at least that opening where like, we're not friends. We don't need to talk about everything that's going on in my life, but we need to be able to, when it comes to this soldier, we need to be able to talk about what is going on. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to encourage like, you know, the mother-in-laws that are listening and you have to just reconcile that this wife, like your daughter-in-law is your, or your son-in-law, that's your child's best person. That's their person. That's their person. Like that's who they're going to pick. They won't pick over anything else is that person. Yes. So how do you, you put aside everything else and you start, you love that person because you love your child and that's your child's person. And it's important to your child that you're supporting their person. That's, you know, when my son goes away, he's like, do you have my person? Are you taking care of this person while I'm gone? I need to know that their back is covered. And yes, I will put aside everything, whatever it is. And I will make sure that your person's taken care of because I love you. Even if, you know, 
you're having a conflict with the person, you know, your child's person, you love your child enough to say, I love the things you love and I'll help take care of the things that you love. So it's, that's, you know, my heart in that is how do I love them well in that place? How do I support them best? Because it's not about me and it's not about being right or wrong. It's about in the moment, how do I best be a military mom to my child and their person? Yeah. Also knowing that you can repair a relationship at any time. I can tell you from experience, I did not always have the best relationship with my in-law. It was very rocky at the beginning, but now like, I love my mother-in-law. Like she, I, I text her daily. She's always like, Hey, what do you need? Like when my husband's gone, what do you need? You know, can I help here and there? I mean, my father-in-law is the same way, but I didn't have a good relationship. And then we both worked on that relationship over the years. And now we have an amazing relationship and I can genuinely call her my mom. Like I can go to her for any type of issue, or if I'm just super stressed and I'm just needing to vent, she's also a military, she was also a military spouse. So like, she has a little bit better understanding of how things happen um, as a spouse. And so I can go to her and just be like, why the hell is this so frustrating right now? Like what is going on type of thing. And I genuinely love that we have that relationship to where we can have that communication. Or if she knows that I'm super stressed out because my husband has left, you know, has rapidly deployed multiple times this year and is doing trainings left and right. Like I know that she will come help me if I just ask. And that's, I think really important, especially when you have kids. I mean, you know, it's very different from when you're just a spouse and you don't have kid responsibilities. So when you do have kid responsibilities and having that extra support from somebody who just gets it, who knows, like, I know that feeling of like, not knowing what's happening with a soldier, let me come help you or come here, do whatever it is. So I, it's important that you can repair those relationships. Your relationship started off rocky, just be open and work out those things. Like, you know, do a mom, mom and daughter night day out, you know, talk about it, find something in common and connect there. And it maybe they don't even know why you guys don't get along. Maybe they, they said something that totally offended you, but they didn't mean it to offend you. And then all of a sudden it just escalated to this point where you don't talk to them. And again, you guys are from parents and spouses, especially spouses, young spouses nowadays to compare to like moms today, very different generations. And we view things very differently. So you have to take those things into consideration too, when you're communicating with a person from a different generation, you know, don't just assume that, you know, they don't like you. They just may not like something that you're doing and they just haven't expressed it one way or another. Like, you know, again, it's a relationship. It's not like a, oh, you're just in my life. Like you have to work to build that relationship just the way, same way you built that relationship with your spouse um, or your boyfriend or your fiance or whoever it is that is your soldier. You build a relationship with them. You have to build a relationship with their family as well. Just like your spouse is going to need to build a relationship with your family. Right. What's hard is that when you have like, I think a civilian relationship, it's very different um, because like with my, my army daughter, right. She's, she's my daughter-in-law. She is not close to me as far as location. Like she's being moved around all the time. Like she's got a lot of stressors in her life. And, you know, I've heard you ladies talk about that. Like you have, you've built a career in this place, you know, and you're finally getting to where, oh, my job is amazing. And then they're like, yeah, no, you're moving and you're going someplace else. And so she's got a lot of stuff going on and there's a lot of you know, um, stress on her just being the military wife. And she doesn't come from military family either. So she's learning all the military stuff the first time through as well. So it's just, how do you navigate this together? You know, how do you, I, I want her to feel like I can be a second mom to her. I want her to feel like, you know, she's got support with us. And if, you know, he deploys and she's by herself, come, come like be with us. You don't have to be by yourself, but you have to keep the communication open. And there are going to be super, super hard days. I'm going to have super hard days. She's going to have super hard days, but no one's going to understand the hard days more than she and I are going to understand it. Like my mom's not going to get it. You know, her mom's not going to get it because they haven't been in the same environment. So she's going to be my biggest strength. Like I'm having a super hard day right now because I haven't talked to him in four days and today's just heavy. And she's going to be like, you know what? Me too. And we can 
have that relationship that you actually need if you can just get past any of the nonsense that wants to build itself up to be garbage. But then I think it's also very healthy and very, and it's 100% okay to set boundaries, whether you're a spouse or a mother-in-law, like or a mama, like set those boundaries, have those conversations saying, Hey, he's deployed. I'm okay with X, Y, and Z, but really I like, you know, homecoming, homecoming is always one of those touchy feely type of things. Like, you know, I I hear spouses all the time. Like, I really just don't want the whole family there for whatever reason. And I understand that as, as my, my, myself too, because a lot of parents don't know. And a lot of new spouses don't know this. Like, it's not like they just get to come home and have all this free time. Um, you know, having family fly from across the country. So say you're stationed here at Fort Bragg and your family lives in California, having your family fly all the way back for homecoming, like, yes, is a very special moment and you get to see them for the first time, but is it really a smart financial decision to do? Probably not. Your soldier is going to have 20 minutes to say hello. And then he has to go right back to work. He might have two days off and has to go right back to work, or he may have two weeks off. It really depends. They never know until they arrive on what that's going to look like. So spouses are always like, I just want to have one-on-one time with them. And then the family can come later. And I'm like, set those boundaries say, Hey, we know that you want to be here, you know, for family, that's only like a couple hour drive away that can drive right back home afterwards. It's okay. Like my in-laws, I never have a problem with them coming because they only live a few hours away. So if they come and they decide to leave right afterwards, like it doesn't bother me any, but having family come in and invade your space when you're just seeing your spouse for, for the first time in a year can be really overwhelming. And so set those boundaries, say, Hey, he's coming home on this date. This is when block leave. Cause usually they have block leave schedule for after they come home from the deployment. We'd love to have you guys for this time. And then you get to spend all the time with him. Like you're not going to be standing around. Yeah. Not getting to see him. And we've talked about reintegration many times and there are going to be days in those first days that you're not going to be wanting to talk to your spouse even because there's, they're just going through it in their own head. They need to process it. So having family that's there and that especially family that you don't see frequently and you want to be spending this nice time with it may not be the best time to do that because he may be like I I need to go sit in the room for hours and be silent or listen to a podcast where I can talk to or listen to other veterans that have been through it and going through reintegration because they're not going to want to be social I mean some may you have to know your your spouse yeah. you have to know I mean, it them, depends but, on your soldier for sure yeah and you have to know what they went through I mean each deployment's different some they may see combat where they just need time to process so having a huge family get together is just not the thing that's going to fit for your life and but you need to be able to have that relationship with your your family to be like hey I know this isn't going to work I know you want to be here but it's just not going to work you're going to be disappointed because he's not going to come hang out he's not going to want to go do dinner out in a loud public place like I know this I've seen this in him and I want you to respect that set that boundary and be like we would love to have you for Thanksgiving. We want to have a huge Thanksgiving or something, you know, instead. Well, and I think yeah. like boundaries need to be set on all parties. Like the soldiers need to set those boundaries and being like, hey, having that conversation with your soldier, like, hey, we love to be there when you come home. If that's okay with you and, and have that conversation before they even leave. Like, no, don't even wait until like the day of, like have that conversation. You know, a deployment's coming up or you know that they're taking over an IRF cycle. Um, have that conversation saying, Hey, we would love to be there. Are you okay with that? And your soldiers probably going to be like, depending on how far away you are. Cause I mean, like getting a last minute plane ticket is really expensive. Flights change all the time. You know, you're looking at taking days off from work. You're looking at hoteling costs. Like, is it really worth it to be able to see your son for 20 minutes? Some people are going to say 100%. Absolutely. And others are going to be like, uh, I'd rather like actually get to spend time with him. And of course, like this year, like deployments, if you're in the middle of a deployment, you got to look at their, how their homecoming is going to be. I mean, we went through two deployments, this rapid deployments this year, and both homecomings were completely different. You know, they had to self-quarantine, like they weren't allowed to go anywhere for the first four days that they were home. So you can't even take your soldier out to dinner to celebrate their homecoming. You know, if your soldier is a a single soldier, who's in, who's 
young enlisted, he lives in the barracks. Like, do you really want to go sit in a grimy, stuffy, dirty barracks? I guarantee you, your soldier, if he was on IRF, left that barrack dirty. Like, do you really want to do that? So you have to kind of figure out what's best for your family, what's best for your soldier, if he's married or if he's not married, have those conversations, set those boundaries as a family and stick to them because everyone's a human being and everyone handles stress differently. You know, I know my husband usually wants to just come home and lay on the couch, (laughs) snuggle, watch movies, eat pizza. That's usually all he wants to do. May go out to dinner the second night, but like the first night, usually like they've been traveling a really long time on not very comfortable airplanes probably. And they need to decompress. So you just have to take it one moment at a time. Like I would much rather my family, I would much rather give him a couple of days to decompress and then be like the following weekend, everyone come and everyone come and visit. We will have a big party. We will go out to dinner. We can have a party at the house and we can just spend time as a family. Cause those first couple of days, they're going to be at work. They have to make sure all their equipment is arrived. Nothing's missing mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. So my experience with this, um, it, it's brutal, you know, when you, you talk to your soldier or, you know, whatever, and they tell you, um, I just can't have a big welcome home party. You know, they, when, because your heart is, oh my gosh, she's coming home and I can't wait to meet the plane and Sam. And you have this whole rainbows and lollipop and daisies thing in your head. And, um, when he first came home from his first deployment in Afghanistan, there was a, a time when they sit and they're waiting for their plane home, right? So they're at a base and they're just waiting to come home. And during that time, he's realizing, I don't have the mental capacity to deal with my mother right now. Like I just can't <laughs> deal with her. And that's majority of soldiers. Just so those who are listening, that's, I mean, they probably don't even really want to deal with like crazy kids no. and their spouses either, but they don't have a choice in that matter because that's where right. they live. They're going home, <laughs> right? They have to. So I know that it took him a lot to say that to me because my heart is, I want to be his biggest support, right? And so in my heart, the biggest support is to be there when he gets home because that's what we did all through his life. We were at his football games. We were at his award ceremonies. We were at all those things. But in this moment, the biggest support that I can give him is to say, it's not about what I need. It's about what he needs. Yeah. So if the only reason that I want to be there and I could choke up on it, cause I do, I want to be there, but I have to say the best support I can give him is to let him have some time to decompress with his wife in his own surroundings and to find out what he needs. And then to say, Hey mom, Easter's next weekend. Would you please come down? And at that moment when he needs me, it's so much more powerful than me forcing myself on him in a mental state that he can't even be present the way that I want him to be, right? I need him to be able to want his family around him. So we said, that's gonna be the hardest day in our life is to know that you're home and we can't see you, but it's also gonna be the best day in our life because you're home and you're safe. And I have to remember that that's it. And so when I got the text from his wife, his plane just landed in the States, I just completely like hyperventilated and I let go of a breath that you hold for a year, right? Because he's finally stateside and safe. And I was like, that's all I needed. I just need to know he's here. And then he'll call me when he has time. He's going to reach out when he's available. And then we will go down and have just an amazing, we're so glad you're home party, you know? So you just have to talk with your soldier, like find out what they want. If they want you there, then a hundred percent be there. Um, But again, I really stress this because I know, I, I know that there's families who literally will max out credit cards to come home to a, a homecoming that isn't even a special homecoming. Like it's, it's so like, you know, like they're just hopping off the bus and walking into the company. Like, and to me that would make, like, if I was that child, I would be so stressed out. Like, I'd be like, why did you do that? Like this was, I would have much rather have you save that money and come to come see me at a time where I could actually spend some one-on-one time with you because they're not like, I really hope people understand that. Like just because they're home, they're not free to do what they wish. Like they have, they they're in the military, they have responsibilities. So making sure that you know that and have that conversation with your soldier will really help make those decisions 
because you can always do a, like a homecoming party. Like, you know, you can create that, that special moment when you first see them. Like if they're flying home during block leave, do your homecoming party at the airport, make those signs, bring all the people out, welcome them there. You can still have those moments without causing yeah. stress on your soldier, causing a financial stress on yourself, causing stress on your, your, your soldier's significant other. Yeah, for sure. And we did that. Like we had, because he, you know, doesn't live in Michigan. So when he came home from Michigan, we had the big party, like when he's ready for it, we'll do those moments. But you have to remember that I'm probably never going to know everything that he goes through. Like he's not going to tell his mom those things. Doesn't even tell his spouse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They don't, they don't open up. I hear my husband. I don't like my husband. Like I said, my, my, my father-in-law was military too. Um, and so I will hear my husband telling him stories and I'm just like, you never told me that story. Yeah. And I don't, for me, I think he'll tell me less because he doesn't want it in my head. Cause he knows, yeah. that, you know, and he, he might, he, I think he tells his wife more, but she's the same way. She's like, I heard him talking in there last night with so-and-so and he never said that to me. And I'm like, I'm not supposed to be eavesdropping. He don't want you to know that. He doesn't want you. Yeah. He doesn't want the next <laughs> appointment to be head. harder for you because right. you're actually That's in other exactly realities. It. Yeah. So to have him say, okay, now I'm ready for all the pomp and circumstance and the big, you know, hullabaloo, that's when it's fun. It's not fun to force you it. You plan it too. It's not just like a rushed decision. Put together, yeah. Balloons yeah. and signs and people that you wouldn't be able to yeah. bring to homecoming will be there. Grandparents and it's way Well, and it's going to be more intimate too. Like, yes, you can have an intimate mo- moment at Green Ramp or whatever they call it in other branches, but um. I feel personally it would be more intimate moment if it's separated. Like if it's just a soldier with the people who love him. Um, whereas at Green Ramp, there's just hundreds of people flying They're everywhere. Crowding like, into each other. It's, and- you know, the soldiers literally just want to go. Yeah. Like they want to say hi, but they literally just want to go and drop off their weapons and get their stuff and get yeah. their keys to their vehicles and go home. They've been on a yeah. long flight. Like they literally just want to leave. Like I know every time I picked up my husband, he would like check his watch and be like, Oh, like we still have like five minutes. Like, I love you guys, but like, I just want to get this done with, because it's going to take like another two to three hours for them to get everything like in, um, so that they can just get home, settle in and relax with the family. So yeah, just have to go with the flow, but also make sure you follow those boundaries. For sure. So Sherry is not only a mama to a soldier and sailor, but she is an author and she has released her first book this year. Can you tell us a little bit about how you wrote Remember the Lilies and why you felt that there needed to be a book about being a military mom? Yeah, so I touched on this a little bit earlier, but for me being thrown into the military, I didn't have you know a support system and I didn't have... Um, anybody in my circle. And so I just found myself lost and isolated, partly by choice, because like I said, I was kind of pushing away all the civilian people that were trying to offer support and help, but it was just making it worse. And I wanted to throat punch some of them. Mm -hmm. So if I isolate and I don't talk to them, then I'm not going to be the ugly person to them because I know they mean well. Um, But I just was like, God, you have got to help me get through all these emotions because I went through grief. I went through loss. I went through you know, blessing them to go into something that was terrifying. I had to go through, you know, just, just a gambit of emotion. Um, but I also knew that I wasn't the only one out there. And when I sat at that, those graduations and I watched 500 kids graduate and I realized in these stands, there's got to be moms that are feeling the same thing that I'm feeling. There's got to be resources out there somewhere. And so I began to look for resources and there's nothing. And so it was like, God just said, maybe you should just start journaling. So I just started writing out, you know, all my thoughts. And I thought if I could put together a 30 day devotional where we could, you know, read through a devotional while they're in boot camp, I could get it into their hands and it would strengthen them during boot camp days so that we're ready to take on the world when they graduate. Um, that was my plan. But what actually happened is it became chapters in that devotional. Um, but what I find is that in the military, and you ladies do it so well with um, Deployed Love is that there's a family that comes around you. Like you don't have to do this alone. There's a family of people that enveloped my kids when I wasn't there. So when my son was in Japan for four years, I got to watch as like the 
the officer's wives of the squadron that my son was part of, they just wrapped them up and become moms to them and um, were who they needed when I couldn't be there. And so I just began to say, God, how do I become a mom, like a military mom, the best that I can and work myself into this military family? So I just wrote a book that would not only touch on the emotions we go through as, a, as military moms, but then empower us to take our role as military moms in this family. So I, in there, there's, there's how do you mother, you know, sons and daughters that don't have moms and dads? Like, how do you wrap them up? And how do you, you know, send care packages and be there for the big moments and, you know, take them to dinner. And if you're at a boot camp graduation and there's a, a soldier there that doesn't have family that shows up to graduation, take them with you. Like you become a mom in the circle. And I just really felt like if I could get this in writing and get it into some hands of moms, it would empower them to take their position where you don't feel defeated. You don't feel lost. You're validated in everything that you're feeling. But in the same moment, you become powerful as a military mom to be supportive in what the military does so well. And that's become a family in and of itself. Yeah, I think it's important that moms can feel, moms and dads can can feel connected to the military, that they can do things like whether you're sending care packages to your son for all of his buddies that are in the base or that are in the barracks. Some of my favorite volunteers are my mamas. They can be a key caller. They help me make phone calls during deployments when we need it. And you can 100% volunteer that time. If you want to help a little bit more, there are opportunities that you can. I've had parents send me money to take spouses out to dinner during deployments. I've had parents come during this last deployment. I had parents come through town. They were road tripping different places. And they're like, we just really want to meet you in person. And we want to just say we're, we're grateful and everything like, that, everything like that. So I met them for breakfast and got to know them a little bit better. And it was really great. So like taking the time to reach out to your point of contact, make that family connection, build a family of your own with other military mamas, like find those Facebook groups, make those connections, start your own little group chat if you need to, but don't feel bad about connecting with military spouses. Like, okay, you might not fully connect really well with your military soldier spouse, but find other spouses that you can connect to. There are spouses out there that are also military mamas. So you can have that connection. You just have to take a step out, find those people that you can connect with and then go for it. Like it can be scary. Yeah. Yeah. I think if your kid's stationed clear across the States, doesn't mean you can't get involved locally. If you're local to a different military base, why not like, like our deployed love is a good example. Our bases, we have different ones across the nation, but your, your son may be in Washington and you're in DC, go to the deployed love event there and make that family connection where you still feel like you're surrounded by people who get it. You can come yeah. to those coffee socials and talk about your, your son. And it doesn't yes. matter that he's in Japan. It doesn't matter where they are because we're all mm-hmm. still going through it. Like we all are going to support you just as much as if he was stationed at our base. And, and don't feel like you're going to be out of place. Cause like some of my favorite conversations that I've had as a military spouse has been with other military mamas, like getting a different perspective and understanding what it's like in different parts is really important for everyone to know, not just for military mamas, but for spouses as well. Like knowing that it's different feelings, it's different perspective. Like, yes, like that's their baby. And like, to me, like my mother-in-law, like that's her baby. And I understand that she has different feelings. And then like, you know, my husband is my person. Like he's been my person for almost 15 years. It's a really long time. So making sure that everyone knows that like you're, I don't want to say feelings over, no one's feelings is um, more important than the other. Like knowing that both feelings are validated. Both people have their rights to their feelings and being respectful for those. Like that's different. The feelings are very separate. They're not the same at all. So having those conversations, if you can't have that conversation with your own mother-in-law, have those conversations with another military mama so that you can understand like, oh, well, that makes sense why she does that type of thing. Right. So for me, it's, it's super, when you can find a way to give out, give back. Right. Um, and like you said, if you have, um, your son's not where you are, you know, he's across the country or whatever, 
it to me, if we can get a bigger picture of what a military mom is, like for me, I just want to mom everybody. So I want to mom all the wives that are left home and I want to support them the best that I can. And I want to be there for them. And, and so like my son's friends, right. And all their wives, I'm like, Hey, I am here for you. If you need something, I want to be that adopted mom that, that helps in however I can, but also just locally, like what, where is the places that you can just pass out a mother's love to like, God gave us a heart of a mother's love. And it wasn't just for our own children. Like that's who we are. Like we beat with mom's love. So who needs a mom today? That's kind of like, so that's where I put the energy and that's kind of where the book goes. Like you can, I, I would send care packages out. My sons would just give me a name and an address. Like this guy needs some mama, you know? And I'm like, Hey, I'm on it. And I will just send a package to a kid. I don't even know, but for them to have, to know that they have a mom across, you know, the ocean praying for him or, you know, whatever, find a place that you can plug in. And, you know, like you said, Ashley, it's, it's not, I don't have, my feelings aren't any higher or less. It's just a different, like a mom's love and a wife's love. They're very different. They're very different. They're very powerful in their own right. And so you have a, you have to, you know, be able to validate, this is how I feel. And this is how she feels, but it, you're running after the same race. Like we're trying to support the same thing. So to be able just to hear the perspective of like the, the, the wives that are left at home, like it's, how do I support you? Well, how do I mother you? Well, how do I, you know, come alongside of you? And vice versa. Like, how do I, you know, how the daughters who come around and say, I know that it's your baby boy over there or your baby girl over there. Like, are you okay? Are you yeah? And being in just having that military family come together, nobody understands military like military. Like there's no other way to describe this how military scoops you up and you just become part of this amazing family that's brothers and sisters and moms and dads that, you know, support one another. It's, yeah, it's crazy because like, you don't even like have to make that connection. Like it's no. you're already like in, you're already ingrained into yeah. it. Like as soon as your soldier becomes a soldier or a sailor or a Marine airman, like as soon as they take that oath, you are yeah. ingrained into that family. Yeah. And all yeah. you have to do is say hi. And then <laughs> you're in there and you are connected and you're part of that that, that net of people who understand, they might not fully understand because it, whether they're new to it or everything like that, but they understand the emotions that are going on and they're there for you, whether you're venting or if you are yeah. like, how can I help? And I love when mamas are like, how can I mama? Because I think it's important because not all soldiers have a family network back home. Like some of them join the military because they don't have that network. So having moms who are like, what do you need? I've got you. Um, and I, I love seeing that because I can see the difference in the soldiers mm. knowing that they have someone that they can go home to Christmas for. Like, and if you're listening and you have single soldiers, like invite those soldiers home with your, your soldiers. Yes. Um, they may yeah. not have, they may sit in the barracks on block leave doing absolutely nothing because they don't have anything to go back to. You know, we have a lot of spouses who will, you know, have them over for like Thanksgiving or Christmas, things like that. Like if they're staying home, but you can be that connection. You can be that extended family because we're already family. So why not invite them to the holidays? And it's just a bonus child for, for you. I mean, I always, I always consider the younger enlisted ones. Like if anytime we have anyone over, especially spouses. Like I've always done that mama bird type of thing because I'm considered more of a seasoned spouse, but you know, all those little 18 year olds, 19 year old, 20 year old spouses that are coming. And I'm just like, Oh, come here. Like, (laughs) right. Right. Like, let me help you. And I think it's important for moms to do that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have, we've made some great connections with, um, some sons from other moms, you know, and daughters from, from other moms too. And, they're lifelong connections, like even out of the military, you know, they're still, you know, our kids. And so if you can just open yourself up to not feel sorry for yourself because your sons and daughters are in the military, right. And you can begin to look beyond yourself. You're going to find a lot of places where your love can, you know, be deposited on spouses and on other soldiers. And my heart would just breaks if there's, you know, if I find out that there's someone who's not going home for Christmas, they need to come to me. Like I come on home because, you know, we're going to take care of you. It's just a, a powerful network. If you can begin just to think bigger than your own 
you know, pity party, my son's deployed. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. I have, I have so many parents. <laughs> like, if you think about it, like, these are the people that I could call, they visit me. It's, it's funny, it's like, so cool. because we yeah. were so young when we got in, we were those ones that Ash was talking about. We were 18, 19 year sure. old. Sure. And we were stationed in Hawaii, so far away from family. Like, we had no connection to our family coming out and seeing us, really. And we had families that took us in for Thanksgiving and brought us Christmas presents. And it, it, it's a connection that's never going to go away. They, they understand, they even understand more than my parents will ever understand. And it's, so I know if it's something that I need to ask that's military related, I can be like, Hey, cause it's like my best friend Jasmine. Hey, can I talk to your dad about like this, this going on? And <laughs> there's that connection immediately. And he, like, he came and yeah. visited us last summer. It was, it's just, it's nice. That's really cool. That's cool. So building that relationship is really important. And I, I'm glad that we brought you on here and I really want to actually network with you outside of this and see how we can begin to support military moms, military dads, sisters, brothers, you know, the ones that don't get yeah. always included in the military family, um, how we can start bringing that together with Deploy Love um, to get you guys connected a lot more. Um, but it was really guess. great having your perspective today. Thank you guys for having me. It was really fun. I love ch chit-chatting with you guys and it's always enlightening to me to hear um, you know, talk to the spouses because you guys have like this inside line on military, which I just always learn a ton when I talk to them. So thank you. Yeah. And um, like always, we will link Sherry's website and her book in the notes today. Like Sabrina said, it was really great to get your perspective. Um, we don't always get to see that as spouses. So it was really nice. And if you're listening, we are always looking for new guests to come on. So if you're interested in coming on, reach out to us. And if you'd like to support Deployed Love and the podcast, we can take donations. But we also have our annual virtual 5K coming up. We're really excited about it. And this year, we're gearing it towards our military kids. So if you want to sign up, you can sign up. And those proceeds will help us reach more hearts across the country and um, be able to connect with more mamas and siblings and spouses. So you can find that all on our Facebook page and we can post those links also in our show notes today. And as always, rock up buttercup. <laughs>